0: Yeah, a sports talk from the three bros. Some you can bet on, like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it, like some free throws. Giving takes is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive, like some C4. we just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those and get your cheeks swole when
1: you step into the ring with the Ami Bros. Yes, sir. We are back. Another week of the Ami Bros podcast. I am your host. Uh, Damon, to the left for me, I got uh, one-third of one of my brothers. Uh, what? J- <laughs> it's
0: me. I, I'm more than one-third. We're not three-fifths humans. We are not <laughs> back in slavery times, but you know what? It's your boy, 85. One-third of that the man. Me Bros podcast. I do me, my old dog on introduction. <laughs> how y'all feeling, baby? Let's go.
1: We're keeping that, too. Jared, man, of how course. you feeling, brother?
2: Is this camera on me? That's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I figured I'd come in with a...
0: How stupid would I have to be to talk about LeBron when the Lakers ain't winning no doggone games? That would be stupid. Y'all look at my face. Is this camera on me?
1: So that's how y'all feel right now. Y'all just go straight into the R. Kelly. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, Y'all hey. to told the folks how you feeling, Jeremy. Man, Jeremy, Jeremy, how you feeling, bro? You good?
2: I'm, I'm feeling good, man. I, the sunshine is out now. Apparently, it's not going to rain, but two days in the next two, ten to twelve, so my yard can dry up, and uh, I can probably cut it and not be a mud pit. So, man, it's feeling good. Sunshine, everything's going well.
1: Are you really just talking about your yard?
2: <laughs> I'm an old man, dog. Well, I got, I got old man <laughs> yeah. goals.
1: Yeah, I want to sit outside, yeah, with, uh, you old as hell I said, "How you doing?" He talk about he talking about My yard's
0: looking good. Got some azaleas country? I planted. I don't know. Call them iggies. I don't get it. Why I Just rap young kids? I get
1: Jeremy his country points on that. That was pretty, uh, pretty entertainment. But uh, I'm I'm uh, excited to get into this uh, to some topics, boys. We got a lot to talk about. A lot going on with the NFL right now. Antonio Brown has worked his way to uh, it's about to be the Las Vegas. That's not a bad place to be if you think about it with Antonio Brown, but he's worked his way to the Raiders. OBJ is going to Cleveland. Uh, what do you guys think about this? There's a lot going on. Let's start with Jared, man. What, what do you feel about this whole free agency?
0: So I love free agency. NFL and NBA free agency are so good. Baseball sucks because all these people get signed, but it takes, I mean, Bryce Harper, it took them four months to decide where he was going to sign, and there was no dramatics. This is dramatic, this is fun. I look at it, I'm looking at both situations. OBJ going to, uh, and in this case, going to uh, the Browns is huge. The reason I think it's huge is this. You got now OBJ getting paired with one of the best receivers in the league. I, uh, Sorry, you got, let me reset that. What? Uh, Anyway, you got uh-huh. Baker getting paired with one of the best receivers in the league. What was that? I don't know what that was. Uh, somebody hopped on the phone. I don't know. It's not a phone, microphone, whatever. Anyway, so Baker anymore. Baker got gets paired with one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And not only does he have one of the best wide receivers, but if you're looking at it just from a realistic standpoint, he's got a team full of great players. He's got, on, on one hand, he's got Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr.'s teammate from college. On the other hand, he's got Joku, an elite tight end in this NFL. He's got uh, – this year they picked up Kareem Hunt in the offseason. So Kareem Hunt's on the team along with uh, – what's your boy's name? Nick Chubb from Georgia. Um, I think if you're if you're going to look at the way this team is structured, they're structured to win a lot of games. That defense already was somewhat elite. They were top ten in just about every category. Um, and now, I mean, you lost Collins at the linebacker position who a valuable piece, but not, you know, super valuable. Um, you lose Jabril Peppers in this trade to get there. But I mean, when people start looking at at draft picks, I think draft picks are typically overvalued because they think of, Hey, what could this person develop into? What could this, this pick end up being as opposed to looking at it and saying, what is it likely to be? And I think if you're looking at what is this likely to be? I think it's likely to be – you're not going to get a first-round pick at receiver better than Odell Beckham Jr., and you're not going to find a third-round pick that that's, that's comparable. Um, Jabril Peppers hurts a little bit to lose, but I don't think Jabril Peppers was turning into some Hall of Fame caliber player. So I think you didn't have to give up a ton. You surrounded Baker with a lot of talent. They're going to be really good. On the other hand, the trade I would rather have, I would rather be the Raiders. You know why? Because if you're telling me I can give up a third and a fifth and I can get a receiver that arguably is just as good, if not better, than Odell Beckham Jr. And not to mention, not only really do I get that, but I only have to pay him about three years of guaranteed money, a total of about $37 million guaranteed, compared to Odell Beckham's $90 million with $70 million guaranteed. I would definitely rather take uh, Antonio Brown in that deal. Also, I thought the Raiders did a terrible job with the rest of free agency. They signed Trent Brown, uh, Pick they could have gotten last year. They could have traded. I mean, New England traded a third round pick and got Trent Brown, and literally the Raiders signed him to the largest offensive lineman contract in the history of the NFL after one season, where Pro Football Focus rated him the 32nd best <laughs> tackle in football. There's only 64 that start, which means he's middle of the road. Um, so, with that being said, I think you got a um, you know they 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 did a really good job upgrading that team, giving themselves an opportunity to be good. And, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, that's all you can hope for, is that you give yourself an opportunity to be good. I think the Raiders are going to be – they're going to give right now David Carr uh, the best chance to win – not David, Derek Carr the best chance to win. Um, And let's see if John Gruden can turn it around.
2: Yeah, so my thought on this – on these two trades is the Giants are stupid. (laughs) Like, literally, like, going into the offseason, Giants fans had to be thinking, this is rock bottom. We can't get any worse.
1: But then the Giants said. worse.
2: Yeah, Giants said, hold my beer. Look, (laughs) they traded away probably their best two defensive players. They traded away Olivier Vernon, and they traded away Landon Collins. And then they went to the offense and said, hey, just getting rid rid of all our good defensive players isn't good enough. Let's get rid of. Possibly the best wide receiver, not possibly, the best wide receiver in franchise history who's 25 and on a contract that's going to be a steal in probably another year. Like, everybody's about to get paid. Michael Thomas is about to get paid. You got uh, Tyreek Hill is about to get paid. You got so many receivers that are about to come up and blow the mark out, blow the salary cap, not even salary cap, uh, the top number out of the water to where Odell's contract is going to be reasonable. And... You decide to trade him for what? So you can get draft picks? I mean, think about the draft picks you guys have had. Everybody talks about, oh, it's a first. Wasn't uh Sterling Shepard a first round or a second round pick from them? I can't remember. Sterling Shepard didn't he's turn third, in anything.
0: He, he's a third rounder.
2: Okay, so that, that might be the third. So Sheldon he didn't turn in anything. Who was the first round pick from two years ago? Eric Flowers? Like people people assume that you're gonna hit because you got a first rounder. There's a lot of teams. That's why I was smart for the Browns. The Browns last year had a pretty good draft. But in recent years, they've had all these draft picks and been picking terrible. So sometimes you just got to go get somebody to say, hey, this guy's already proven. I know he can play. So I think that was a great move for them. The Browns are now loaded. Uh, I was about to say Johnny Manziel. But Baker Mayfield has a loaded uh, backfield with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Uh, He's got wide receivers with Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, uh, and Joku at, at tight end. They might want to tighten up on that offensive line a little bit, but that offense should be uh, potent if Baker Mayfield is what everybody says he is. From the other perspective, Antonio Brown, I'll be 100% honest. Going into the offseason, after the season, I was thinking, I wouldn't mind if my Saints gave up a second-round pick to get Antonio Brown. After all the interviews and the stupid talk and the uh, the blue hair and the blonde mustache, I was like, I wouldn't give up a fifth-round pick to get him. A third and a fifth was fair. I don't think he deserved more than that. The dude's 31 years old. He's already a headache. He's already talked about retirement. Um, if you look at the timeline of things he's done over the last 18 months, I mean, not even just on the field, but like throwing things out of a 15th-floor condo and almost hitting somebody in the head with it. Like stuff like just stupid stuff. Like I wouldn't deal with. I wouldn't deal with AB. I, a- um, I think he has the talent, obviously. He's going to get his more guaranteed money. He's probably going to put up great stats. But you know what? The dude's been averaging 12 targets a game for the last four years. He's not going to get more targets. And if he doesn't get more targets, he's going to be upset. Because he's upset with the targets he's getting right now. Like, the dude got 142 targets last year. It was like, man, they really aren't throwing me the ball enough. So what are you going to have to deal with with him? I wouldn't trade for A.B. Um, for any amount of draft picks or anything. So, overall... Uh, I think it was a smart move by the Browns. I think the Giants just determined that they want to get the number one pick next year as well. So, uh, good luck to both teams. And the Giants are going to be terrible. I wish they're on my schedule this year. <laughs>
1: uh, that's funny. Uh, let's move on to uh, some uh, NCAA basketball, boys. Uh, the conference championships are this week, and obviously it's March, so it's uh, that means March Madness Means a lot of college basketball. Uh, who do you guys feel should be the one seed going into these conference championship weeks? Uh, let's start with Jeremy.
2: All right, so going into the conference championship week, I would have to say most likely it would be Virginia. Um, I would put UNC. I would put – it's kind of a toss-up between Tennessee and Kentucky, but probably Tennessee. Um, And then I would have Gonzaga as well. I would put Duke as the number two seed right now, Uh, probably Kentucky right there with Duke. Uh, And it's going down the list. I don't know about, you know, who, who the other two seeds will be. It's kind of going to be t- depending on what happens coming up. But I will say this, at the end of this conference tournament, ain't nobody going to say the Duke shouldn't be number one. Duke should be the number one overall seed after this tournament. And the reason why Zion is coming back, we're going to run through this tournament. We're going to stomp out somebody Thursday. We're going to play UNC on Friday. We're going to beat UNC by 25 to 30 points and then we'll beat Virginia Virginia again. Zion just won National Player of the Year for a reason, because without him, we look like a team that would lose in the second round in the NCAA tournament. Um, So I'm looking forward to it. Marquise Bolden is out for the entire ACC tournament, but they expect him. Um, so, with Russell Westbrook and all other players that are in that play. situation, obviously honest, it's probably better for the, the league that play. they walk away, really don't need but, but the NBA needs to, to do a better boys. job of putting what people in positions to be able to hear six those six things and throw seven. them out. The, M- the Utah Jazz have a red card Jazz situation to wear right. If somebody That's says th- something outrageous, in, they give a red card in, and say, Rolex hey, you
0: got wearing, your warning. No, they don't even a warning. It's going to throw him
2: out of the arena because at, at the run. end of the day, Woo! these guys and are you human beings and them? they're not going to put up with it. So <laughs> good job, Russ Westbrook. And <laughs> guess what they did? <laughs> did they came back and that man? Man. got that we W-2. So this fan got thrown out. I think it is also ironic to say the fan who was thrown out racial epithets and things like that. W-2 was a 17-year sheriff's officer in Utah. So, I mean, of course that's kind of what Kaepernick was and talking see, about. I so, you and um, I good think job,
0: Russ Westbrook. got his three win, three and I think number one the season. fan got exactly what he had coming. First of all, SEC hasn't been as dominant as you would expect. Realistically, LSU won the SEC outright. LSU, now they have their scandals, which is why I wouldn't definitely put them as a 1C because they might not actually even be playing in the tournament. But with that being said, LSU won that 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 tournament, not or that that conference, not Kentucky, not Tennessee. Secondly, after Tennessee lost again last week, that means Kentucky right now and a lot of projections is projected to be the number one pick. And full disclosure. I can't put Kentucky in over Duke when Duke beat them by 40 points earlier this year and they both have five losses. I have to go with Duke also I have to be reasonable and say, all right. Although they did lose, they do have Zion Williamson coming back. He is the National Player of the Year. And I hate when Jeremy continues to try to throw in, oh, yeah, well, this loss doesn't really mean anything because they didn't have Zion. Because I, I completely disagree with, like, the logic of, hey, we're just going to throw out losses as they didn't have him. But I do think it factors in. I don't tell – when I say UNC beat Duke, I give them no excuses. But is that a realistic chance that – Duke could have won any of those games if Zion played? Yes, they could have. They were down, I think, 15 in both games, but Zion's is a, a, a dominating presence. So if I was going to pick teams, I would go Gonzaga, and I would go to three teams from the ACC, followed by Tennessee, Kentucky. LSU probably would get a, a two-seed for me, and, you know, the winner of the Big Ten tournament. I, Michigan looked really good early on. They've been super suspect since. Um, so I'm not sure how good they actually are. They started season 17-0. I think they're 24 and, tw- and 5 now. I mean, which means they're they're like somewhere around like 9 and 5 in their last 14 games. Um so I think that's the way it's going to go. I think UNC, Duke, and Virginia all have a legitimate chance at the title. If I was going to pick though, I would say Duke probably has the best chance. I'd follow that by UNC, then I follow that by Gonzaga. Virginia, I would probably put somewhere around 4th or 5th just because I don't know if they're going to score enough points to be able to win.
1: All right. So, uh you've got early before the before the brackets came out, you have UNC taking home the chip. You're calling it right now. Or are you're just, you're, you just stating what you felt about the ACC tournament?
0: No, no, I, no, I said I thought Duke should be the favorite to win it. I don't think they will, but I think they should okay. be the favorite.
1: Okay. All right. So early on, just without brackets being published yet, who do you have winning the chip?
0: That's tough. I'm going to go with UNC. The reason is, is because of the fact that UNC is playing the best ball over the last two months. Um, they have a lot of veteran leadership. They have a um, you know a team filled with with basically all veteran players. Um, you throw in the fact that on top of that you got uh, some freshmen and Nasir Little who starting to come on a little bit, and Kobe White who's an absolute stud. Um, there was a tweet that was up there yesterday um, that said on tweet Kobe White has been better than R.J. Barrett this year, and it was liked by Chris Paul because obviously Kobe White played on Chris Paul's A.A.U. team. But that tweet is 100% accurate. Kobe White has been better than RJ Barrett this year. Chris he's been phenomenal.
1: Chris Paulson, he, is, he has.
0: Uh, just because RJ Barrett's taking 25 shots a game doesn't mean that, that I'm going to say that he's been better than Kobe White. Kobe. gets Kobe.
2: blocked three, 25 times a game. No, he White, may, guys.
0: but Kobe White gets you buckets and he gets you assists. And whenever the games are biggest, Kobe White typically shows up. He didn't play great in the first Duke game, he played really well in the second one. And I mean, from from a an actual talent standpoint, I mean, I, i'll give you what jay will said and i was 100 agreeing with him he said i saw he said i never thought that kobe white was six he said i stood next to him he's legit six five maybe six he said i don't know it's because his hair was flopping in the wind i thought he was a tiny guy so i stood next to him he's huge i think he'll be a really good nba player and i think he is i think kobe white along with a veteran team filled with seniors like luke may uh cam johnson and, and, and the crew with seven wheels in that deep bench, I think they're going to get it done.
1: Jeremy, who you got winning the chip?
2: If I had to pick right now, um, it's kind of tough because if Zion's healthy, Duke's going to definitely win. Um, I got to see what Zion looks like. Um, if I had to just put money on the team that I would probably have the most confidence in, shockingly, mm-hmm. it's probably is the team that got it? be no, I was going to say the team that got beat first round last year as the number one seed, UVA. They got two losses all year. It was the Duke, both of them. So, I mean.
1: I thought he actually was going to say it, Jared.
2: UNC? I, no, I, I don't trust UNC. I don't, I don't, because I, I, I don't think, thing. the I, I think UNC is good. My issue with UNC is Kenny Williams is not going to get six charges a game in the still tournament. They're just not going to give it to him.
1: Yeah, if it's and Peter Set and people are actually putting their elbow and their shoulder down no, there, he's no, going to no, get no, it every no. time.
2: No, he 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 was it was it was it was light contact. Here's the thing: the referees say are are thinking, okay, one guy fell down. We have to call something, and his feet were in position. No, you don't have to call something if it wasn't if it was minimal contact, and a guy throws his body back, then let him play on. Eventually, he'll stop throwing his body back and play defense. Like that, that, I
1: I shall digress, Jeremy. It's. If somebody puts their shoulder down and their elbow down and then they step forward after the guy falls, that should have been a charge. Now, if they're if they still have their two feet in their balance after the guy falls, then obviously it's not a charge. Most of the charges I saw in that game, we're the guys like, out of control. They're out of control. They're no, of control. They they of were control. pressing. No. They're out of control.
2: No, he like that. The, the, the guy turns like literally has the ball and puts a puts a shot like a slight shot like J, James Harden. Pushes off way harder than that on every single possession. Like, they're not giving. If somebody just starts flopping on every time James Harden puts a shoulder into somebody, they're not going to give him a charge every time he does that. That's ridiculous. So, at the end of the day, I'll say this Kobe White is decent. He's pretty good. Like, is he even. <laughs> like, like, is he projected to be a first rounder right now? Yes, uh, he
1: is. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry, uh, Jerry, he's. Crew might I, go lottery, depending on his tournament.
2: I don't see it. I don't see it. I, I'm just not. I mean, I think he's got a good shot. I think he gets shot. UNC
1: shoot. makes Final Four. He's definitely going lottery. the maybe I would say Finals. If he has a. If he has, it depends on this game. His game he's going to have. Uh, but anyway, let's move on along to NBA. Uh, obviously, the uh, incident with Russell Westbrook and the fan happened last night. <clears throat> when we're this post, it'll be two nights ago, but it happened, and uh, Russ ended up getting fined twenty five thousand. The fans being has been. Uh, has been banned from the Utah Jazz Arena, which I think is a great thing. And I think the fan is backtracking on the words that everybody reported that he said, and he's actually suing Russell Westbrook. But anyway, uh, let's get your take on that, Jared. Let's let's start with you, man. What do you feel about this whole incident? And do you think fans, I mean, it's not a question do you think, but why do you think these fans feel so entitled to be able to act and say or do whatever to these uh, these? professional athletes who are actual people and humans? There's a couple of reasons.
0: Uh, people have been a lot more emboldened over the last two and a half years. Um, you can try to figure out what are the reasons why people have gotten a lot more emboldened over the last two and a half years. But what I will tell you is this. People are so used to being able to say whatever they want on social media or, or whatever that they feel like if they're in an arena and they feel like they paid their ticket that this is something like the Roman... I don't know, Roman gladiators, but they can just say whatever they want to and and and, and there's no repercussions. Here's the deal. I always live by the motto, don't do anything or say anything to anybody that you wouldn't say to them at LA Fitness. The reason I use LA Fitness is if you're at LA Fitness, you could get you could get swung on. And so look, if you are at the gym or you are at the arena and Russell Westbrook is there. If you wouldn't say that to Russell Westbrook at LA Fitness, don't say that to him at the court. I think at the end of the day, um, of course, if you're Russell, you can't say, I'll F you up and your wife too. But with that being said, there's some lines that, that you don't cross. And I've heard a couple people say it today. I thought the exact same thing when I heard it. When Russell Westbrook said, on everything I love, that means, dude, shut the F up. It's, a re- it's really about to be a problem. And literally, when anybody tell you, look, dog, on my mama, I swear to God on everything I love, those three you know. phrases, colloquialisms, as the actual English word is, if you get those three colloquialisms together, that means you about to get your ass whipped. So what I will tell you is this. <laughs> if you're an athlete, and you're on the court, I don't think you should entertain those. But if the security that's there is not handling it, sometimes you got to deal with it. I remember people probably forget, and, and this is when right LeBron had the whole situation where his mom reportedly had inappropriate relationship with Delonte West and one of the players, they were playing the Pistons when LeBron was with the Heat, and one of the fans in the stands was talking about uh, Delonte is your daddy. And LeBron walked up to the dude, and he literally, he was calm. And he and he kind of played it all cool. He walked up to the dude, and he said, look, sit your ass down in this chair. Don't become a part of this game. <laughs> and the dude sat his ass back down in the chair and kept watching the game. Like, at a certain point in time, like, these are grown men. I just don't expect like, I'm not telling you that. hey, you, this is, you know, Russ Westbrook saying what he said is, is great or good-looking. Obviously, he can't go under stands and put hands on anybody. But with that being said, like, there's certain words, certain triggers that you know if you say that goes above and beyond. And if you do, you should be willing to take that ill. I, I think that's basically what happened. I'm glad the fan got banned. I thought it was going to be a suspension for, for the year. They banned him for life. And you know what that means? You can no longer live in Salt Lake I'm City. You down. know why? There's nothing else to do there. You're in Salt Lake City. So unless you become a professional skier, um, good luck. So uh, good riddance. And uh, for Russell Westbrook, I mean, the fine, I'm Glad he didn't get suspended, he got like a $25,000 fine. I mean, I think that's appropriate based on what his words were. But I would just say now to try to tone it back uh, with any of those other confrontations and let security keep people out as opposed to you addressing them directly.
1: Jeremy? <clears throat>
2: My thought on this whole situation is good job, Russell Westbrook. (laughs) Outside of the point where he threatened the man's wife, and I don't even know if he was threatening the man's wife. I felt like it was kind of like your wife is talking crazy too. Like both of y'all better stop or I'm going to beat you. But, I mean, you can't bring up the guy's wife. I I wouldn't bring her up. Um, If I would, it would be in the context of your wife going to get you um, you whooped as well. So, yeah, so it would have been more from that from that perspective but overall people have gotten way too bold in what they say they think because these guys have made millions and millions of dollars that they're not willing to jeopardize it in order to fight you but oh the contrary if you have 250 million dollars in the bank and if you get suspended for the rest of the season you gonna lose that on 30 million that's a Prospects, some people are willing to make because they already got $250 million in the bank. You have to think about it from that perspective as well. And Russell Westbrook is not one of those dudes who is playing games. It's not so. about
1: money, though. It's not. Nothing that this all. has to do with money.
2: It is not. But I think there's a lot of people who feel like if I say something to this person, regardless of how mad they, they're going to get, they are going to be less likely to attack me because they have a lot to lose. And while that might be true, there's some people who are willing to lose it,
1: and but they're more willing to be they're more willing to keep their pride and their dignity than than it is about money. They're they're not thinking about, oh, okay, well, obviously they can they can probably withstand some people can withstand not having to play a whole season, but it's not about yeah. the end of the day. It's about people having respect for you and, you know, showing you, showing you respect. So I don't, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm a hundred, I'm a hundred percent money.
2: I'm, I don't know. I'm talking about, I'm not talking about from a player perspective. I am talking about from the fans perspective, the fans think that they can say crazy stuff to the players because they think the players, Oh, they're making all this money. They're not really going to do this. And I'm saying there are some things that players are going to take more importantly than money. And they're going to say, you're not going to disrespect me. I don't care if I'm on this NBA court or if I'm on the street, I'm going to handle it. And it, and I don't think it should be on the players to go get security and say, hey, security, throw that guy out. Security should be able to hear it if Russell Westbrook can hear it. And if Russell Westbrook can hear it and the security doesn't, it'll come to their attention when he puts hands on the people. So overall, I had no issue with it. Uh, the guy came, got his 15 minutes of fame. Now he's thrown out of the arena forever. I think it's ironic. You see his old tweets. He went on and tried to delete a whole bunch of other stuff off that he said. ESPN uh, validated that the Jazz cooperated Russell Westbrook's side of the story of what he was saying, and that's why they susp- they suspended him for life. <clears throat> but overall, I will say this. With Russell Westbrook and any other player that I w- that would be in that situation, I don't think they should have to go say, I'm going to get security.
1: All right, so, fellas, uh, some more NBA happenings going on. Obviously, the Lakers are out of the playoffs. They shut down Lonzo. They shut down Ingram. Uh, And actually, funny enough, the Warriors have lost six of their last ten games. Uh, Jared, should they they be concerned? Obviously, everybody's uh, injury-free. What do you think about the Warriors right now, Jared? So,
0: I think the Warriors should not be concerned at all. Look, this is what it boils down to. You got a situation to where you got a team that's bored and they're going through the motions. And I think when it comes to the time to play, the only, the only team that would concern me is the Rockets. Rockets match up really well with golden state. Like I, I remember people, people forget Clippers used to give golden state problems before golden state turned into a monster. And then Blake Griffin turned into Frankenstein. Um, Chris Paul and James Harden play really well whenever they're playing versus that team. I I can't tell you why. I can just tell you what it is. And so when you look at it and you say, all right, what is the the kryptonite of Golden State? It's a team that can hit a lot of threes so they can match them score for score. And it's a team that at the end of the day can play some type of defense. And Houston matches all that bill. Houston for this season is four and O versus Golden State. Last year when they played Golden State, they were a Chris Paul injury away from probably winning the series. So uh, the only team I think that really has a legit chance um, would be the Rockets. I don't trust Denver. OKC, I mean, I think there's a good chance of Russell Westbrook being able to, to beat somebody in a fight. Um, but as far as actually winning the game, he hasn't hit any shots. I mean, I don't know if LeBron and Russell Westbrook both went to the Markel Fultz School of Shooting. How the hell are their free throws so low now? Russell Westbrook two years ago was shooting 83% free throws. He's shooting 63% now. LeBron at one point got to 82%. He's shooting like 65% free throws. I, when LeBron goes to the line, I don't expect both of them to go in. And, like, that's a, that's a doggone shame, guys. I literally went to the Georgia State High School <laughs> girls basketball a, tournament and boys for the girls team. So, Westlake, I think Westlake was like 19 or 20 free throws. The, the thing that concerns me about, okay, see, is, if it's a big situation, I don't trust Russell Westbrook to hit a free throw. So, uh, with that being said, Paul George I, will though. Paul George will, but do you really think Russell Westbrook's going to get the ball to Paul George when he needs to? No. So, I mean, I, I, I just don't trust
2: it. I, I just don't. Overall, as far as the Warriors goes, the Warriors are chilling, man. The Warriors don't care. They're the biggest. Let me tell you what the biggest problem the Warriors have. They're gonna. Their biggest problem is going to be. Um having to deal with DeMarcus Cousins pulling his lip in when the playoffs start and they put Iggy back in the lineup. That's what they're gonna have to deal with. That's it. That's the only thing they gotta think about. Overall, they're too good, they're too talented, they're too skilled, and too much of a veteran team in order to lose. Overall, from what a lot of NBA sources are saying, Chris Haynes, who's Warriors who was a Warriors reporter, I think he still is a Warriors Warriors reporter. Uh, Chris Broussard, a couple other people said they're more concerned with uh, Oklahoma City Thunder than they are with the Rockets. They just don't believe in the Rockets. They don't think that style will beat them. So they're saying they're not really that concerned with playing against the Rockets in the playoffs, and they all feel like if Andre Iguodala had been there last year, they would have won in five or six games. So um, I feel the same way. And I don't think that they have anything to be worried about. Um, so I think pretty much, you know, everything that's going on right now is awesome for the NBA. It is great for the NBA for the Warriors to lose games because the last thing the NBA needs is for another season where everybody knows the outcome before it happens. Now, we all know the outcome. but We just want to believe it's something other than what it actually is. Chris Paul and James Harden, I mean, it just came back. As far as the Lakers goes, uh, they got a win tonight. Congratulations. We stopped that six-game losing streak. Um, For the Lakers, I think we got some big concerns. I think uh, the Brandon Ingram injury – not really injury. The blood clots. Um, it's very serious. Beyond basketball, they'll think thinking can, um, can actually kill people. So I mean, it's it's something that hopefully they're able to get resolved. A lot of times, it's just a blood t- thinner treatment for about three months. You can't really play any basketball while you're on them because if you get you know dinged and start bleeding, you can your blood is hard to clot. So. Um, Overall, I think uh, he can get back healthy, though. She'll be good to go. Serena had a similar issue with uh, DVT in 2011, and she had some more blood clotting issues uh, after she had birth uh, a couple years ago. So um, she's been able to get through it. Hopefully he's able to get through it, and it's not a Chris Bosh situation. Lonzo, on the other hand, I think Lonzo is just sitting out because he doesn't like like Luke Walton, and he doesn't want to play for Luke Walton anymore. Um, As far as the rest of the team goes, Magic Johnson and I said this a few weeks ago, and nobody wanted to listen to me. Magic Johnson is the worst president of basketball operations than Michael Jordan. If you look at what he's done to the Lakers, he's got there. This entire roster was put together by him, by him, except for Brandon Ingram. He's got he's got LeBron. I'll give him credit for that. But does anybody believe LeBron wasn't already going to go to L.A.? LeBron already had two houses in L.A. LeBron was going to go to L.A. Whether it was Magic Johnson, Mitch Kupchak, anybody there. He was going to go to L.A. Other than that, I give him credit for the Kyle Kuzma, but Lonzo was a bad pick. Half the other picks were bad picks. Zubak was there from Mitch Kupchak, and he traded him away, and then he brought in a whole bunch of one-year deal guys who can't play together as a team because they don't fit. So, overall, Magic's got some things to do. They said Luke Walton wanted to keep Julius Randle around and you want to keep brooke lopez around but magic johnson said no i'm gonna trade him now you got brooke lopez who's leading all centers in threes and he's already shot he's already made 62 more threes than anybody on the lakers (laughs) roster and he plays center you also have julius Randle averaging 20 and 9. so hey maybe you should have done that instead of bringing in rondo and re-signing Catavius caldwell pope and as it goes for lebron i'm not sure he's gonna be able to get anybody else to come and and play with him and from what I've been hearing, uh, it seems like a lot of the players don't want to stay there and play with LeBron. they say Brandon Ingram and Who uh, a few others have uh, kind of gotten tired of playing with LeBron already. So, uh, you know, I guess uh, the breaking Michael Jordan's record and nobody coming up to him should have given it away. But <laughs> I want to give LeBron a congratulations on that. LeBron <laughs> passed Michael Jordan for the most points of all time, and I think he was perfect. And I'll tell you this, it was the perfect day for him to pass Michael Jordan. Does anybody oh, know what the date was when he passed Michael Jordan? It was March 6th. 3-6. Three, 3-6. Three <laughs> record, that's the reason why he'll never ask to pass Michael Jordan. So that tells you it was the perfect oh, day to pass Michael oh, Jordan. Oh, that's
1: brilliant. Congratulations. That's I got to give you props
0: Jerry. Guys, you guys that don't know, <laughs> Jeremy is the hater amongst haters.
1: <laughs> Jeremy, you I'm know actually you got impressed that from?
0: with you know, that amount of hate. Jeremy, you understand you know how Jeremy much got that work from? has to be involved <laughs> with pulling that kind of hate off. Bravo, Yo, to Jeremy.
1: Jeremy, he just tapped into his inner Silas <laughs> Selassie. Shout out, my boy. Shout uh, out, no, my brother I mean, Silas, man.
0: At, at the <laughs> end of the day, <laughs> Nigeria, Jeremy,
1: stand up, man.
0: You are, you are, you are a Silky Johnson today. You're a player here,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, we appreciate all the listeners for tuning oh, in to God. us another week. Uh we actually have some merch coming out, guys. We're excited, and uh we're gonna try to uh start giving away some stuff here in the next few weeks. So uh we're excited about that. But uh other than that, yeah, I can't talk, but go follow us on IG while well, I can't talk. Ami underscore podcast. We're out. D here, Jimmy and Jarrett.